first time I met you was on a res. And I remember you telling me we're never homeless. You had yeah. built uh, Waganagan? Waganogan. Waganogan. Yeah. And you had it really chiced out. I was, I was, uh, I was very impressed. Yes. Well, I'm glad to visit with you again, and you know, under circumstances, you know, it's kind of like rough that you know that there's a foreign oil company here, you know, from Canada, and and all the people that go along with it, you know. But here we are, sitting around a fire again, <laughs> visiting. We're living right here in the middle of the rice district, and I know you grew up racing. And uh, we're concerned about uh, drawdown of the water. We're in a drought. We're in uh, climate catastrophe. Uh, I saw a picture yesterday of a river leading into one of the rice lakes, and it looked like uh, looked like uh, Texas. Yeah, it's not supposed to look like Texas. Yeah, and I've seen some of the pictures going around too about some of the lakes, and we are in a drought at the same time than uh, Enbridge. You know, they do all the little sneaky things on the side that they, they want you to see what they want you to see. They want you, they, they want to, um, it's like almost a show. They're going to show you what you, what they want you to see. The rest of it, it's like the water up in uh, White Earth. They dig, dig a canal. Then they take they take the water from where you can't see. Then they drain the lake. They're authorized to take millions, but then they put in permits for billions. So what they want to do is they want to take take the water from our homes, our lakes, right here, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Michigan. They want to put it in their pipes. And then where do they put it? They sneak it back in our water, in places that we don't we don't see. We're facing a water diversion up in Redcliffe country. An outfit from Minneapolis wants to extract artesian water, ship it to Duluth, bottle it, distribute it in Minneapolis, and then sell it back to us. Yeah. Yes, there's a, a long time ago, sitting with my grandpa, uh, my grandpa Kendall Rice, Million Rice up in Michigan, and we were sitting over by the spring. And I was probably maybe 11, 12, and he was laughing. He goes, he goes you know, he said, one day, he said, you're going to be buying this. going to be buying this. And we were sitting by the spring, you know, just like the morning, just like it is now. It's really early in the morning. We made a water run down to the spring and um you know thinking about that i was you know I, I didn't even couldn't even think of it could be that way and here it is you know we're everywhere there's it's it's amazing that our elders knew all these things and we didn't listen i was a kid that didn't listen and then here now i feel bad because i could have you know started doing something back then but i'm sure they felt the same way what can we do when Joe Biden <clears throat> received a Democratic nomination, he quoted an Irish poet, Seamus Heaney, and some of the lyrics, they're like a song for me right now. 
believe in miracles and cures and healing wells. You've been around some of those artesian healing wells. Yeah. And think about it in terms of the past. Those people didn't need electricity. They were able to harvest wild water, okay? And you know when we're drinking wild water, we're healthier, right? Yeah, yes. Well, just like where we're sitting here, like um, I learned that from my grandma and grandpa too, is to to find the, be able to find this water and to to know these plants, all these all these plants. That's our food. That's our medicine. They're they're, they're not just weeds, you know. Like they train you and they they have that TV and they program you to look at things like a certain way. And then hear what maybe you have. Maybe you sit. Then here, right on the edge of your yard, there comes something right there. There's a plant. First thing they want you to react. Oh, we gotta get rid of it. But that's probably the medicine that's gonna heal you. That's really something. But then again, if, you know, they're trained. People are trained to stay home, to not go over here, not look over here, not look over there. But if you just walk around your home, like here we are in Minnesota, there's ways you can find clean water. A lot of places you can't do that. And this is just only one place, like we're sitting in this camp to save our water. Right now we, we could go for a walk. There's plants, there's plants that live by the water. You could find springs just in the middle of the woods. The water's just coming up, it's so clean. You could just clear the, clear the mud away and just drink the cleanest water ever. And then, you know, it's amazing. Then to be able to walk around in these woods uh, um, to find the, you could make a fire, you could find the clean water, you could put up a wagonogan, you could put up a wigwam, you know, all this, you could, get a, you could just start over and make a village, but only thing is this colonization is in the way, and so you can't do that. One day there was some Indians probably walking along, you know, and they said, watch out, they almost stepped on it, and they're like, what? It's imaginary line. Right there, that's Canada. <laughs> that's the United States. Where? It's right there, there's the line. Imaginary lines, my daddy's say that. We have this Ojibwe territory it goes from these all through all these imaginary lines. And it's always been here. This is where our people have been moving, you know, when we're from way back when we're in the east coast with the Mohawks. You know, coming this way. So here that's, you know, I kind of think about things like that, you know, about these imaginary lines in our territory and then how it is. If I got lost, I could start over. You know, I try to teach my children that, I try to teach them about these plants. You know, that's our food and our medicine. Then our ways are all about respect. We're grateful. We look at everything, you know, we look at everything, being very grateful about it. When I was breaking up, in my second marriage, I went to the psych hospital. And my brother, Scott Bayless, got me busted out, which I really appreciate. But he took me back to LCO, and he took me to an artesian well where the water was bubbling up from the earth. And he had me drink at Nabi. But then he asked me a really important question. What's the first plant that you see? You know what that plant was? Hmm. Stinging nettle. 
Yeah. Stinging nettle. Yeah. It's horse medicine. Yeah. They love it. You could survive on it if you had to. Yeah. You can make a porridge out of it. Helps women with iron deficiencies. Helps us with our prostates. Yeah. But you know, it takes a long time to look down at the ground and to see those plants, you know. And you were talking earlier around the fire about some of the stuff that gets in the way. Yeah. And it was the first time I really heard the story. TV is so bold to even describe it as programming. Tell us about some of that programming. Oh, just, um, it's easy to see it if you think of like how our people who live in a village and we live within a family network a village and then be able to look at what the truth is and the truth is that just like my grandpa and my, my father would say you know that you know we can see them they can't see us and we look at the programming like we were saying you know it, it starts in school line up then people are taught not to do things not to look this way not to look that way just take care of your own when in a village thinking we take care of each other and then it's all, then you're trained by that TV to look over there, see what somebody else has got. It's a little bit nice, you know, so, oh, I gotta get that one and look over there. Pretty soon that's what that is, that's, that's teaching you, they're, they're feeding you the information, what you need. Oh, there's a nicer truck. Oh, there's a bigger one this, this year, and then last year, and then they added on. So it just goes on and on. Train to get in line when you're in school. Don't. You can't think for yourself. That's what that's what it all comes down to. And in our ways, every every part of it, we can see it. This fire, how does it work? It's alive, you know. It's it's it's, it's breathing, you know, like that. And that's the way they, our elders, talk to us about that about that fire. And we take care of it and stay close to it. And don't throw garbage in it. And to do that, you know, we're going to bring something else and take that over somewhere else. Have a place. We all have a home. We have a place for the fire. We have a respect. And in here, then that's, what, that's what's missing in that world, you know, that respect. By the way, nowadays, everybody wants, you know, somebody falls down. <laughs> they want to go live. Hey, check it out. <laughs> Hi, guys. <laughs> Got an elder on the ground. <laughs> But you're not, you know, the way we are, you know, the way we know all the, you know, the good in our life and our mind and our, our home and everything that we're taught, you know, to help people, to, you know, help an elder, help a, help a children, you know, and that's, you know, that's what it's all about. And that programming deals with, don't look at, you know, there's something going on next door, don't, never mind. Even other people do that, you know, they say, don't, no, no, never mind them when we should be doing the other way. You know, pay attention to them. You okay? You okay, my friend? What's going on? You know, go see them. Go visit with them. We saw a good example of that yesterday when some of our comrades returned to camp. And they were cold and wet and sweaty. It was a, you know, a demanding day yesterday. The temperature had dropped tremendously and it was cold. And I kept my eye on you because I knew you were a fire guy and you were going to help people. And you went around and you spruced up the fire and you made it nice and warm. It wasn't one of these little flames. It was enough to keep us healthy and nourish us. And then you got somebody, a 
a nice uh, fur coat, and he, they put the fur coat on, and then the other people began to feed people. And it really warmed my heart. And I think it's, I think it's how we're meant to live. Yeah. And, well, in this, in this kind of way, the way we're at in this, in this, this Anishinaabe territory, you know, because there's, there's not just only Ojibwe's, there's Menominee's, Odawa's, and all the way up whole chunk and down, you know, in Wisconsin and you know, Lakota, Dakotas, and we're all here. And this, this, in, this is all Anishinaabe territory. And then all these comrades come in. I feel like they're in our home. You know, they don't even, you know, they can't identify the trees, the plants. They don't know where to step, what to step on, what not to step on. They walk right through the stinging nettles and shorts. I said, don't do that. They're stinging nettles. Like, I know, I know. And he right through. He's like, ah, my legs are burning up. He's like, oh, really? <laughs> you know, just, you know, but here when that, you know, when they, so when they came here and then some people got lost, and then I was, I was, I'm always paying attention to things. My dad, he said, always pay attention to things. Be in this now, right now. Look at who you're talking to, and look at do these things, you know. So I try to be that way. Look, you know, look around, be be aware of what's around you, what's going on, what's a bigger picture. So that way, you know, there's always that. And don't be closed mind. Just be all about yourself. So I, so that I knew there was still people coming in. So I was waiting for all the people to come in. Then, being that I know the woods, I just need to know where they where where they got lost at, and I can make it, you know. So then here. But if they come in, they're going to have to be warm because it's cold. Then at the same time, then it's cold enough to get hypothermia too. So that's why I was like, running up blankets and everybody else was like, oh, we made it. And I was like, well, we got more out there. So it's just, there it is again, that village type thinking. We're all one. Just like a, a, a gun. Just you can't, you can't put up that lodge with just one pole, you know. But you can really, you know, with all those poles, you can get those poles and put them all together and put them in there just right and then then take care of them, you know, and fix them just the way we do it, you know, our elders taught us, you know, fix it up and all these poles make something beautiful and safe and that's the way I look at it, you know, want all these people to be safe and it's all wonderful. They're here to protect the water, like-minded people, you know. My mind drifts back to uh, another event that we shared we were near uh, Bemidji. Oh, it's got to be eight, nine, ten years ago now. And I had I had heard from your dad that white earth uh, ricers would go off the res and not get a state permit because this is ceded territory. Right. And the DNR would uh, arrest them, confiscate their harvest, take their yeah. canoes, and then drop charges. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Of the season, does that still operate here? Yes, it is. Um, right now, we're in the 1855 Treaty Territory. <coughs> Excuse me. The, um, me and Todd Thompson over in um, Gull Lake. We put a uh, put a net in. A few years back, and they chased us down, and then um, they gave us our ticket, and then here. They threw out all the racing charges that day. We were just pushing that, pushing that, that whole thing to get attention that that they need to respect these treaties. And when it all came, all said and done, they were able to throw it out in state for for some of them. 
but because Pond Black is, you know, just right on the edge of it, and it was really hard for them, but it got way up in the, high, in the higher courts, and then they somehow tabled it, you know. So that it's still going on, and it, and I'm, my dad told me he said you don't have to get a, ter a permit. My grandpa told me, my grandpa told me he said take care of Sema. He said he said put that down by the lake. He said go go get your food. He said enjoy yourself. And then like everything we do, it's all with the intention, you know. You can go out in there and have a good time. A lot of people go out when they go out racing. They go out racing for. Oh, I got more, I got this, I got that. When I grew up, my dad said, he said, just stay with me. I said, all right. And I got to be good, good at racing. I, I was his polar. He even bought us a canoe. And then that's why I stayed with everybody. Everybody wants me to go over to other places. But he said, no, he said, go look for elders, see if they need some help. They need rice too. So that was my, everybody said, man, you, we'd, be, we'd get a lot. And then, but then if you watch me and my dad when we go out racing every year, we go out and we enjoy it. We just go, you know, this way and say, hey, goes, where's where's Tom and them? You know, where's Ern and them? You know, so he, I'll go be looking around and I'll keep them in the rice. I can hear it. I can see it. And all this, you know. So I'll go way over there and get over there. We'd just be out there visiting all day, you know. You know, it wasn't about how much we could get. It wasn't, because whatever we get, that's a, that's a gift, you know. It's a gift from the Creator. It's not just... Not just, you know, like like uncle or auntie or mom and dad. It's from the creator. So we be ever so careful. So we're going to clean out our canoe and even come in. Our rice is just rice. There's no nothing else in there, just rice. And it was a certain way. And then, like, my dad, when we had hard times, like this drought, if this drought affects our lakes, we'd go over to East Lake. And then that's how I got to know the elders over there, too, because they, you know, they, um, in this area, we'd be up here racing. That's why. I, that's why I come here to this camp, you know, because that's the way it is. You know, my grandmas and grandpas hung around there. Grandmas and grandpas around here, and then our mamas and dads. And here now, like me and Tanya, you know, we we grew up seeing each other. You know, it's normal, and we're like an hour, hour and some away from each other. But we're like, hey, sister, hey, good to see you. You know, that's the way we grew up. And then even in Red Lake and Whiter, all these reservations, all it is is a, is a place where our family signed these documents. This is our territory, you know. So that's that's the way it is. And move like somebody go snagging. Hey, they would they would they would they would hike it way up to East Lake, or they'd hike it way up to Whiter, or Leech Lake. And, you know, that's that's the way it was back in the day. You know, and it wasn't a big deal. This is. Our home. This is how we grew up, you know, living in this nature. And then there's that's a, that's the way it is. This nature, there's a harmony. The Creator made this harmony. Then we're we're the ones that can step out of it and go with that. Me, my eye thinking. The the birds, the animals, they're all still in that that harmony. Could watch them, you know. That ego losing that sacred space right there. There's no jealousy, there's no anger, there's no none of that up there, you know. So here, that's, that's the way it is, you know, but we're the ones that can step out of that harmony and we get lost in it. And that's why they need that mental health unit and <laughs> all kinds of stuff, you know, because we're not taking care of ourselves and these kind of things right now. That's what I was talking about to the people yesterday, that we have to be mindful of each other 
and how he talked to people, especially in these high conditions of stress when we're protecting this water. They come up, come at, come at us with violence, and then we're doing non-violent direct action. We just bring ourselves, show them that we're not afraid. I'm not afraid. I'll stand for this water. To take it to a different level, that's a whole different level, you know. But right now, non-violent direct action. So who who brings the guns? Who hurts the people? That's the police, the um, National Guard. You know, that's what. It, that, and then the BIA. I've seen it. I've seen them. You know, you know, hit my truck so hard that it went flying off, and a truck, a full vehicle, just go flying out of the way and, and come in just like full force and you know, hurting people because they're told, they're programmed not to think for themselves. Is that a nice thing to hurt somebody that has nothing on them? To walk up and hit, hit um, women, children, elders, it don't matter. They have orders. Me? I, I, I'm on my reservation. I'm from Nagachiwanong. Our reservation's the first one that took the money. Me? You know, I don't have to live with that. I don't have to live with that decision. All this time, you know, I feel bad for our relatives. They, they're stuck in that, you know, they have to get the money. They have, they're, they're trained that you, you have to, you have, there's people that believe that we have to have that oil, oil running through Minnesota. We don't, we don't need that. They have so much oil, they just go park it somewhere and have mile long tanks full of oil and they go hide it, you know, hide it. And then all it is is just a money game for the stock market people, a money game for the really rich people. And then we're just ants, we're nothing to them. You know, all we do, we're trained, we just, everybody's trained to just turn one, one bolt. Then another guy, he, his job is to push a button, another one is to put the tires on, the other ones put the, put the, um, you know, the, the reinforcements on. Everybody just does one thing, not to think. And then they have this TV to teach you. That's, they even say it, that blatant, right out, right? Programming. Hey, because that's what you're supposed to do. You're not, they will, we'll tell you what to think about. Boy, and we're all talking about all the things that happen in Washington, New York, and California. <laughs> and we live in the res, or we live, you know, it's a little tiny town, and what's up, sure, get the copy, and I'll talk about him, you know. <laughs> so that's just the way it is, you know. This whole thing is crazy. We're just trying to, you know, doing if we think about it, if we think about it. The thing is that our parents taught us to do something good, you know. They said, you always do something good, you know, always do that, you know. Be positive, you know, and surround yourself with positive people. And, like in like just um thing good things you know like that and grandma makes that oatmeal in the morning gets the bacon grease out and the maple syrup out puts it on the table come wake you up with a smile and then here then turn around then bring you over there to uh, the table and good morning day really good to see you that's all that good intention those prayers she put those prayers in there it might be just oatmeal but she put some prayers in there for you and then here then. Then, boy, you right away, you jump on that bus. Boy, you're happy. Hey, bus driver, you know, and hey, and go talk to your friends. And pretty soon everybody's smiling just off that one prayer, you know. So here, that's the way, that's the way it should be, you know. And all that, we got to pay attention to those, those good things that our elders gave us, you know. 
the elders gave us. When I saw you this morning, you'd come up from the river and we were listening to the birds. And I remembered a story from Saxon Gouget over at LCL. I was staying at her home. It was during the treaty fight. And it was like a refuge for me to come there. So I know what you're meaning when you're talking about grandmothers, but this is what she told me. And she told me her Indian name, and I, and I, I miss it right now, but I'll tell you what she told me. That those birds start singing very early in the morning, yeah. which I'm sure you heard this morning. And they continue to, you know, sing their songs. And then a moment before the sun rises, they become quiet for about a minute. Yeah. And I tested that out one time during the summer solstice. I had Sema, and uh, I went out by an oak tree. And I listened to the birds for a while. And at that moment when it went silent, I felt something to my left and I looked over. And Makwa had his hand up and he was looking at me. What? And then he drifted off into the woods and I thought, well, was I having a vision? And I went over to the sand and I saw the tracks. <laughs> there he was. So I thought about that this morning when I saw you. Yeah, that's that's the way it is. There's there's animals. You, they, they, there's a thing going on. That's what we were talking about. That harmony. They have a, their way of being, and the, the Creator has the way of being, and you know fixes things, puts things in front of us, and that that little that little time and space you and that bear came together and gave it that gesture, you know, you know, kind of like that, you know, made you feel good. Even yeah. yet today, you yeah. still feel really yeah. good about it. That closeness, you know. <clears throat> and that's what my grandpa told me that um, things happen for a reason. I believe that, you know. Then you are in that place that you're supposed to be, you know. So that's why we're supposed to be mindful of where we're at. And then what we're all looking for too, you know, like that, you know, we've got to be mindful of that. Then there's a, there's a thing that goes on, you know. Everybody's looking to be looking over there, looking over there, looking in the back, you know. Oh, the terrible things happen. Oh, man, then here, then. Looking forward, oh, I got all these, all these bills and this, that, and I'm just trying to get caught up. And you know, really, the truth of it is, if you can be content, quit looking forward, quit looking backwards, look at right now, and just be content. And then all these people praying, all these people praying, they're praying on the mountain, up, you know, up on the hill over here, you know, out in the woods and the scaffolding, you know, they're all praying them with their pipe, you know, and they. They're all talking to Creator, you know, like that. However they believe, however they are, and all the teachings that go with it, you know. Then what they're looking for is that one place and that space, that 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 stillness, that quietness, and that content. You know, it's like I'm right here, right now. That's what they're doing. That's what they're looking for. That's what some people look to other people. Oh, I have to, I have to talk to that one. I have to talk to that one. You know, but here that's the way we are, you know, we gotta just take care of this right now and get to that place, that content, that stillness. Then we could be grateful. Like they say, you know, wake up in the morning, you know, find four things to be grateful for. That's what I told the people yesterday. That's what they told me. Find those four things that you be grateful for. Look around and then then, you know, clean up, go say your prayers, that's what the elders say. Go clean yourself up, present yourself well. You have an Indian name. You have a 
spirit, you know, within me. You know, so here I try to do those things, you know. That way I know I'm gonna be okay. You know, do something nice for your own self. You know, try to try to do all those little small things. Then I don't have to run around and be any kind of way. I could just look at it and say, hey, I feel pretty good today, you know. And just go slow. Then it's up to you how people treat you. You have to teach them how to treat you. You know, so I'd have to try to just go along all those little things, you know. Imagine all the things I didn't, you know, because I was that naughty kid that didn't listen. If I didn't just listen to Michelle and Noko, I'd be all right. But <laughs> me, I'm, I'm that way. <laughs> yeah, so it's really good. Like you were saying about that, about that bear, you know. That's why I grew up and our house burned up. We lived in a teepee from nine till I was 15, and then we got a home. So here, one morning I woke up, and then my job was always to get this fire, you know, this fire going, knock some coffee out and put it on there. And then, because we run on a different time in the woods. And then just like around here, everybody's in this, like nine to five, you know, that's what they think, they run on that, they're used to it. But, but in natural time, the time is to wake up when the sun comes up, it's nice and cool all the way till about 11 o'clock. So you already got from, you know, 5 o'clock, 4.30 in the morning in the summer, all the way till 11 o'clock. Then after that, then you go find that shade or somewhere else to work on, you know, work on some birch bark or, you know, get ready for rising or, you know, whatever it is, you know. Then you rest up till about, you know, and do those things in the shade till about 3. Then it's still hot, but it's, it's on the other side of it. It's going to get cool again. So now you got to hurry up because it's going to get dark. So that's a natural time. So it's really funny, the, the modern-day way is to get up, you know, 7, 8, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock. Oh, my God, I slept in, you know, all that. And then by, by the time they get done eating, it's about 9, 10 o'clock. Then pretty soon they open that door and they're going to go outside. Hey, it's just getting hot. And say, go for it. <laughs> You know, telling me that story, I remember your dad, Jim Northrup Jr., great poet, great warrior, great comedian, great writer. And he told me when he came back from Nam, and this probably has something to do with you, he was living in a teepee and he would tell his naughty boy to go stand in the corner. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he'd, he'd say that, but that was my brother. Hey, I, was, I never got caught. Okay. <laughs> and you know, we used to laugh at each other because we rice in Wisconsin and you fellas uh, rice in Minnesota, but you always accuse us of racing backwards. Well, it's really funny. I noticed that when I was a kid. I was like, hey, hey, check it out. Hey, Dad, look at those guys. He's like, what? Oh yeah, those guys are from Wisconsin. <laughs> well, they're they're sitting kind of funny. Look at look at where the police. Look at it. He goes, well, when we go by, don't say nothing. Then, then it'll be all right. Just don't say nothing. They don't know any better. <laughs> like, he always says the stuff you're not supposed to say. That's what makes everything right. so funny. Chimmy right. Gwich, I really appreciate this talk. We're going to use these words. We're facing what you face on the Bad River, the uh, Enbridge uh, uh, offered the tribe millions and millions of dollars to cross the Bad River. Uh, Mishkiki 
you know, GB medicine, right? Yeah. And I was uh, gifted to be able to go uh, assist hauling nets. Yeah. And uh, and clean, dress some of those walleyes. And they're gorgeous walleyes. Okay? Yeah. And they're suckers and they're sturgeon. And even if there's only 10 families still doing it, any effort to run that pipeline across that river is a genocidal activity. Yeah, there's a different thing that they, they the words they use, you know, like that programming, they want the, the show, they're trying to show you this, the only what they want you to see. But when they talk about a spill, you know, we think about like a spill milk or, or, or a leak, like a baby dropped a bottle and it's leaking off. This is millions of gallons of oil and this is like the worst the worst oil then to get that that sand and the tar and everything to move you have to put the most volatile stuff on earth in it it's so bad that they have to have a return pipe so there's things that they don't want you to see and then they call them anomalies instead of leaks or you know they they have wording that they say that makes it oh it's it's fine nobody look over here Never mind the, be the man behind the curtain, you know, those kind of things. So, yeah, I'm really worried about what's going on because everybody's looking at that show. It's like that TV, whatever they want. You know, we got to think about the children. We got to think about their children because that's what they did for us. And look at those treaties. Those were agreements with us. We had the land. So, like, we are talking about this 1855 treaty. My dad said it's real easy. They don't acknowledge it. That's like from right here in this area all the way to all the way to North Dakota, South Dakota, all the way to Canada. That's 1855 treaty treaty territory. He said if you don't want to honor it, give it back. That's how easy it is. So but that's not. They won't even even Biden just said that they're not going to deal with the native people and their and their treaties and things like that. You know, that's that's the way it is. They're not going to deal with it. They're going to table everything that we send to them. So this is this is the show. That's what they want to they wanna show us. Oh, it's going to be fine. Here, look at It's like the kid has the candy bake. Everybody wants that candy. So just throwing the candy around. Now, I'll even, you know, I'll, they don't have not, they're, they're They're leaving their pipe, their old pipe in the ground. That's what they're doing. Like even even we teach our children to clean up their mess. So now these people, the landowners, took the money. Now it's on them if something happens to it. So it's like you know it's a trick. It's a trick. And if you don't take the money when the when the pipeline's coming at you, then here then you know then it's coming right at you. They'll take it. You say it's my land. Well, try not to pay your taxes. You know, if you have a hat, that's your hat. You don't have to pay nothing. You know, that's yours. But here, this um, this, this land, it's that's what it's always going to be here. It's going to be here for a little bit. So we got to take care of it. Get that, get that, you know, get that stuff out of there. You know, clean up your mess. But we have to tell him, don't be doing these things. You know, this is this this is going to be here for generations. It's be, this colonization has been going on for this what ever since the first landing there in five you know five hundred years ago. So here now we're you know in just that little, little bit of time, look what happened to this earth, the way this turtle island looks, everything's sick, the animals, 
there's you know things are other animals are going extinct and you can see these spills you can see them all over they don't want you to see them but if you look for them they're everywhere these pipelines are everywhere look in your backyard wherever you are look what's going on look at the truth live in the here and now and say wow this is not right we can stand up it's time to stand up not be afraid I've been at this camp for two days now and every day I feel uh, a deeper connection and if I had to describe it right now I'd say the people here at this camp right now leave it to the Creator and they realize the earth is sacred and maybe just as importantly how we treat each other here is a sacred process. Yeah, that's the way it is. And that's how we're, we're, we're doing that. And then we're, we're teaching our allies to do something too. Just like, all the, that's what they're seeing. It's really hard to understand Ojibwe ways or indigenous ways, because it's respect. That's exactly what it is. Native people pray before they do something, then, then they pray when they get done. But then they pray also to get through it whatever it is, whatever it is. So it looks like we're praying all the time. Then that's what our elders are trying to get to us, to walk in that prayer. Not only when you go to that ceremony, or you put that, you know, certain cobble boots on, you don't even have no horses. <laughs> the Ojibwe don't have that many horses, but hey, they got the cobble boots on. But here, my grandpa, he said, he said, just go as you are. He said, and then, you know, represent that, you know, wear that clean clothes, wear that. Do you know know that the Creator you know gave you a good good yeah. spirit and then took that spirit and then gave you a mind and a body to represent that. And so then you represent your grandma and grandpa on both sides. You know, then then you represent your parents. You're born into this clan system. You know, so we're born belonging. So we share these things. You know, then you are like you are amazing. Each and every each and every one of you are amazing. You know, that's the way it is. There's, you know, it's just this, this thinking, this, um, if we think, you know, in that village type and that family structure and these clans, and we think about these things, we're going to be all right. But if we follow that programming, never, you know, never going to be enough of anything. The, um, the way it is, is this, um, greed. My dad talked about it. So once they get it, they can never have enough. They can never have enough. He said, stay away from it. So just look for it to be content. Look for that stillness, you know. My friends, they talk about that. So just try to share a little bit with you, and, you know, how I think and, you know, like that. I'm really glad to meet you and see you again and, you know, go through all this, what, what's happening while this Enbridge is coming through our territories, you know. You see they're just hurting the people. Where this tar sands, they're surrounded. They have to go along with it or... It's like they're surrounded, their reservation is surrounded, and they live in that toxic, and then they can't even drink their water. Here we can still drink our water. Jimmy so. Gwitch, Nij. I'm Nick Vanderpie, reporting from a water protector's camp near the Mississippi River, somewhere close to Palisades, Minnesota. Jimmy Gwitch.